You're listening to the Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. I vomited last night. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. I literally vomited. I threw up. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the Happy Hour 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you as usual. Once again, 402 464 Five six eight five. That rejoin actually kind of works. It does work, as Stephen A. Smith says. I vomited last night. I threw up. And I literally threw up. Unfortunately, I think there were maybe a couple Husker fans that wanted to vomit when Nick Larusso hit the uh, walk off home run in the bottom of the tenth inning. And I, I suppose that's a good spot to go ahead and bring in Connor Onion of the Big Ten Network. Connor, man, uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, did you stay up for the marathon of a game that was Nebraska Maryland last night? I I did. I was actually going to ask if that's your normal bump back from break because that was absolutely perfect. <laughs> we uh, with with the fans that I was walking out of the stadium with, mostly Husker fans. That was definitely the vibe last night. We would have li- we would like to say that we planned to have that rejoin in there. I'm not sure we did though, we did but it, it worked out really well. I, I guess. Overall, once again, Connor Onion, uh, play-by-play broadcaster for Big Ten Network and ESPN, he's been hanging out in Omaha. I guess, what's your thoughts of Omaha? I mean, I know it's not your first time in Nebraska, but I mean, just how's the the week going so far for you? Yeah, I love it. I had my first chance to go to the Drover and get a steak over there our first night in town. So that was an early highlight before the baseball started and got to walk around Old Market and do that whole thing. you know, I, I have done a couple of the restaurants down there. I've done the $5 spaghetti, all you can eat. Nice. And um, I, I love that area. I love this town. Um, this, is, this is my second Big Ten tournament here. I was here last year for the uh, – I actually had the Rutgers-Indiana game that went three hours later than last night's game. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was four hours later. I tried to forget it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, being, being here for this tournament and, and being in this town, I, I think it's awesome. And, obviously, for Husker fans, too, it's – it's pretty ideal being able to travel in and kind of take the ballpark over for the week. Well, when you and I were talking last night down at, at Charles Schwab Field, it, you were saying how much better it is knowing that you don't probably won't have to call a game at 3 a.m. this year. Yeah, definitely. I so last year I kind of pulled double duty. I was I was doing both the Missouri Valley Conference tournament and the Big Ten tournament back and forth. Jeez. I did the early rounds of the Missouri Valley tournament, and then I did the semifinals for the Big Ten tournament. So driving from Springfield, Missouri, through the night from, I think it was Friday night through Saturday, and then not expecting to play that late into the night, um, I, I just felt like I was hallucinating the whole time. You know, I was in like a baseball dream. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely better on our production crew. I think it's better for the fans. It's obviously better for viewership because um, there were a few brave souls that stayed up with us till 3 a.m. last year, but... A uh, little bit easier when you got to work the next day if it's only mm-hmm. 11 o'clock when the game finally ends. Well, now, Connor, I, I have a very important question to ask you. This has been a debate on this show specifically for quite some time. Uh, you've been around Charles Schwab Field. As you said, this is your second second time doing the Big Ten tournament down there. Is it more of a Chuck or a Schwab? Oh, I know this is a hot debate, and I know the wrong answer. <laughs> I'm I'm going to side with the Chuck. Um, Dang, and I'm going to play to the majority. I think that's the majority. That's what I've been told, anyway. It, that I, is that would I be that would be considered the majority, but it is not the the better side, is, in my opinion. It is the correct answer. You are correct. Okay, good. That's so, that's 
I thought, and that's what I was told. Maybe I was misled, but yeah. um, I, I do like the Schwab because it brings me back to that Stump the Schwab show. Exactly. I think there's, <laughs> there's more that you can play with if it's called the Schwab. But exactly. I've heard the Chuck more often than not. All right, let's 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 actually talk about the baseball. Once again, we're joined by, by Connor Onion, uh, the Big Ten Network's voice of – one of the voices, I should say, of the Big Ten uh, baseball tournament going on right now. And uh, – the, it was a marathon of a game, though, with the 93-minute lightning delay that kind of came out of nowhere last night. Just talk about the Nebraska-Maryland game, your your overall thoughts on that, just on how good of an overall ball club Maryland is. You know, I, I think the thought for really both Maryland and Nebraska coming into this tournament is we know that both the Terps and the Huskers have the hitting to win this tournament, mm-hmm. and the question lied with the pitching. And, of course, we got a 2-1 game last night. Um, I thought Jace Kaminska's plan and working up in the zone a lot and, and getting fly balls, I think going through six innings, he had 12 fly ball outs. Yeah. The park and how it was playing, how it typically plays, plus the wind blowing in, that was the perfect plan against Maryland. I mean, they, they play in uh, a hitter-friendly ballpark, as you can imagine, from looking at their numbers and their offense. Um, but their offense is legit. I don't mean to, to take away from what their offense does. You guys know that with, you know, they put up 20 runs earlier in the year against Nebraska. Yeah. But um, the at bat that Nick LaRusso had before he hit the walk-off home run in the seventh inning, uh, I believe it was against Corbin Hawkins, and he hits a fly ball that at Maryland's ballpark, that's going out to center field. Uh, same thing with Bryce Matthews to start the game. His ball, most ballparks in the Big Ten, is going out, but. Mm-hmm. Um, working up in the zone against those guys and getting fly balls, I think was the perfect recipe to play a a two, one game, which I didn't think was possible against their offense. But then, you know, Nick LaRusso, all zones are hot zones. I don't think that, I don't think that Shea Shanneman threw a terrible pitch. It was kind of best against best. And I know that slider is really good for him. Um, But LaRusso covers the plate so well. He's a guy that has a million college at bats. And there's no real good way to pitch him because he's seen so many sliders. And it was a couple feet away from being another F7 in the scorebook. So I I thought Nebraska played a a really good game on the mounds. Jace was really good. Corbin coming out and and going an inning plus. And then, you know, Shanneman makes one pitch that I wouldn't even qualify as a mistake. Um, That's just a, that's a pro hitter. Nick LaRusso is, is one of the top five hitters in the league and, he, he hit a slider out of the ballpark for a home run. Now, I guess I, with that loss now, Nebraska plays tonight against Michigan State, the the eighth seed in the tournament. And unfortunately for, for Nebraska, they're going to kind of be scraping the bottom of the barrel for the rest of the weekend um, if they are able to get past the Spartans tonight. Just, I mean, how much more of an advantage do teams like Maryland and Iowa now, since they won their games to become 2-0 and in the tournament, how much of an advantage is that for those two teams knowing number one, they get the day off today, but then also whoever their opponent is tomorrow has to beat them not once, but twice. Well, it's, it's huge. Um, the last four conference tournament champions in this league all won their first two games. Mm-hmm. So there's history that plays into Maryland and Iowa. Um, now you go back to 2016, Ohio state, they did what Nebraska just did. They won their first game lost their second, and then they won four elimination games for the championship. Um, and you know, it was a, a great run by an individual, Ronnie Dawson, 
for Ohio State, That's went right. on to be a second-round draft pick of the Astros. So it is possible, and I think especially this year it's possible with the offense that Nebraska has. Um, I, I was I turned to a couple people around me last night when Jason Sabacool came into the game. I know you guys were, were joking about his name at the top of the exactly. show. Exactly. Uh, but, but Jason Sabacool comes into the game, and he's one of the weekend starters for Maryland's. And it turned out that he only had to pitch the one inning. But I was surprised that they went to him because he's their only frontline starter that's left. So throwing the one inning, he'll bounce back, and he can probably give Maryland five or six innings later in this tournament. But Maryland is kind of right there with Nebraska of being on the fringe of using guys that have maybe an eight ERA and have only pitched ten innings in the Big Ten this year. So – we saw two to one last night, and it was a lot of best on best as far as the pitching. But I wouldn't be shocked if Nebraska wins today and plays Maryland again if we see an eleven to ten game to try to force an if necessary game. We're talking to Connor Onion of, of the Big Ten Network. He's hanging out in Omaha for for the Big Ten baseball tournament right now. You can check him out when he's uh, calling some games throughout the rest of the weekend. You have today off, right, Connor? And you you got three tomorrow. Is that what you said? I do. So today I kind of get to see the semifinal picture unfold in front of me. And then nice. if we end up playing the two F necessary games tomorrow, it'll be a triple header. I'll have nice. the, I'll have the second semifinal regularly scheduled semifinal game tomorrow at one. And then both of the if necessary games, if we end up playing them. So Good yeah, stuff. I, I kind of get to see the whole week unfold and I've done a game here and there. And then uh, when it gets really juicy late in the weekend, uh, Kind of, kind of go full bore at it, and then call the championship game on Sunday, which I'm, I'm really pumped about. Nice. So we, we got a couple more for you before we go ahead and, and let you go. I do want to put kind of a, a pin in Nebraska's eyeball right now because I want to talk about Iowa really quickly um, because they've, they've had a couple nice performances and they're sitting there at 41 wins. They handle Michigan in, in the opening round, and then they come from behind and beat the three seed Indiana Hoosiers yesterday. Um, and that's with Brody Brecht, I believe, only going like four or th- four and two thirds or, or three and two thirds. I can't remember how many innings he he specifically uh, he threw yesterday. But I mean, is is Iowa in, in somewhat of a driver's seat right now in, in their side of the bracket? I suppose with their pitching, definitely. And that was the feel coming in, like we talked about with with Maryland and Nebraska. I think a lot of people throughout the league knew that those two had the hitting to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. Same with Indiana. Indiana just scored 51 runs in the series against Purdue two weeks ago. Iowa, what they've been able to do pitching-wise has separated them, and they've had to be really creative with it because they've had a lot of shifting in their rotation. But they've got two guys that project to potentially be maybe fourth or fifth starters in the big leagues someday with Brody Brecht and Marcus Morgan. And – Brecht went four and two-thirds yesterday, you're right, through 94 pitches. And I think he's a guy that if I was playing on Sunday, they'll, they'll bring him out of the bullpen and, and we'll see that 100-mile-an-hour fastball again. And then Marcus Morgan pitched the opening game. And the benefit that Iowa has now going 2-0 and is they had the second day of the tournament off, they have today off, and then if they can get into Sunday not having to play an if-necessary game, uh, they have the best pitching staff and the most rested pitching staff going into the championship. So – uh, driver's seat, I think, is a, a good word for the Hawkeyes, plus uh, the only team that rivals the fan base at this tournament of Nebraska and how they travel 
is the Hawkeyes. So they've got a lot going for them after their win against Indiana. Connor, I want to take a step back and kind of look at a bigger picture now with the Big Ten Conference because it feels like the Big Ten, when it comes to baseball, always struggles to get representation in a regional field. And, I mean, you look at Rutgers is the first team to come to mind, 44 wins in 2022, I believe, and they, they get snubbed out of the tournament. I, I guess – where do you think that the conference is sitting at this season? You you have Maryland, who's obviously the number one seed in, in the Big Ten regular season champion, and then Iowa and Indiana each have 41 wins apiece as well. I mean, is this a three, potentially four-bid league this year? That's exactly where I see it. And the best way to get four in, and, and maybe the only way to get four in, is if Nebraska or one of those lower seeds wins it outside yeah. of those top three. So. As far as the best representation of the best teams getting there, I, I think that the league office would probably tell you that, you know, Maryland's, Indiana, Iowa, they would get in. And then if you get a fourth team in, it would be the conference tournament champion. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to 2019 when Michigan goes to the championship series here in Omaha. And then the pandemic happens the next year. 2021, the Big Ten plays conference only. And then last year, it felt like the committee kind of stuck it to the Big Ten for doing that because the ACC and the SEC, they played out of conference and still played some midweeks. And that felt like the committee treating the Big Ten as a mid-major, which to your point about Rutgers, ridiculous. That was was definitely an NCAA tournament team. I remember leaving here last year thinking it was a lock to get three Big Ten teams in with with, uh, Rutgers being that third team. But – I say that this year thinking that three are a lock, but the the committee can kind of drive the narrative any way they want to, to look at any metric that they want to fit that. But D1 baseball has three teams in. I think if you have the fourth team of the conference tournament champion, you get four and maybe that gets the big 10 back on track as far as national recognition. Maybe this is a tough one for you to, to answer, but I'm, I'm going to serve it up to you the best way I can. Obviously, RPI is is one of the more important factors when looking at a regional field. I guess, how can the Big Ten Conference gain more respect in, in the coming years, right? Because you bring up Michigan in 2019. We talked about uh, uh, Rutgers last year getting snubbed out of the tournament. And then even in 2021, Husker fans will remember this one. They win the Big Ten regular season championship, I believe, and they have to go down to Fayetteville and play the number one overall seed in, in Arkansas. I, I guess... So overall, in the coming years here, what needs to happen, understanding that the addition of USC and UCLA in the Big Ten is going to probably play a little bit of a factor into this as well, but how does the conference overall gain just more respect and notoriety? Yeah, I think the the USC and UCLA part of it will do that, um, just because they they have the warm weather, obviously, and they can play midweeks against... Long Beach State and San Diego teams that are going to the postseason that, um, you know, th- those are winnable games for teams like USC and UCLA, and then that'll help the conference as a whole. Um, I-, I think there has been some strategic scheduling as far as protecting RPI, but you don't have the luxury of like an Arkansas or the teams in Texas can go play midweek RPI games in the top 25 pretty easily. Um, but the strategic scheduling in some ways has been playing less games. I mean, Illinois came into this tournament playing 50 of their 56 games, and not all of those were weather cancellations. 
Uh, Iowa, I believe, they, they're at 53 games right now, so they didn't hit their 56-game cap. Um, and, and some of that is playing teams in the north in a midweek that have low RPI just to get games is not helpful. So um, I, I think there was some strategy there, even though it's a little bit unspoken. Um, but the other thing is you, you got to go on those spring break trips where you're, you're getting high RPI games, the, the Round Rock, Texas, the, the Florida trips, the Greenville, South Carolina showcase that they have every year, the MLB showcase they have in Arizona, which some of the Big Ten coaches have been pretty aggressive in doing that. Michigan and Michigan State both went out there and played a Pac-12 schedule in, in the non-conference. But then you, then you got to win games and you're playing the teams in the North. You, you can't play RPI 150 teams – and lose four to three on a Wednesday. That yeah. that hurts the league in a big way. So um, it's it's a complicated conversation, and um, I, I don't know if there's one thing, but that cornucopia of ideas that I just word vomited at you, I think is that's that's where I stand on it. All right, now this may be the the most important one, and this last one before we go ahead and let you go. Being from Chicago, are you a Cubs fan? I am. Thank goodness. I am. All right, you, you've redeemed yourself now for the Schwab-Chuck debacle. Okay. So, that's good. I, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, Dansby Swanson was huge for the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know what I was thinking last night watching <laughs> Luke Schligger and hearing Nebraska fans uh, yell that he's standing on the plate, the leadoff hitter, the, the lefty catcher for Maryland? Yes. Uh, like, that's that's been Rizzo for years, right? Oh, 100%. He's, Stands right on the plate. He's a lefty, and every opposing fan base yells that at him. Yeah, so that was that was a fun element of last night. I thought. All right, Connor. Hey, man, we appreciate the time a lot, dude. Uh, we we appreciate it, and and enjoy the rest of your day off, and then uh, we'll have we'll, we'll be paying watching you guys the rest of the weekend here from Omaha. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoyed it. That is Connor Onion of the Big Ten Network. Also does some work for ESPN. He'll uh, said like he said has the game tomorrow at one p.m. and then both if necessary games and then he'll be on the call for the Big Ten Network on uh, Sunday for the championship game. So here's to hoping he has at least one if necessary. Yeah, you game. can you can kind of talk. You can kind of put a, a face with the the voice, if you will. When you're uh, watching on your little television sets the rest of the weekend here, or your phone, really, really good stuff. Really good stuff from Connor. I mean, just uh, he, a guy that obviously knows the the league as a whole, and I feel like the whole respect in the country kind of thing. It's it's a tall it's a tall task for for the new Big Ten commissioner. But I mean, Austin and I were just talking a couple minutes ago. New commissioner for the Big Ten conference has been involved with MLB Network. He's been involved in Major League Baseball. So hopefully with him in in charge now and then also with the addition of USC and UCLA maybe maybe the Big 10 conference will uh, start to to honor and uh pay more attention to their their baseball programs throughout their conference. Let's you go ahead so. and take our final time out. We close out the week. It is a 3-day weekend, no shows for us on Monday, so we'll uh, talk to you guys on the happy hour here for a final time until Tuesday, and we'll invite Strick and Austin to come in and round out Friday's show coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 the ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.